A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I am joined by someone who has gotten quite sick within the space of 60 minutes? It, yeah. He was fine a second ago, and now he is just a walking ball of phlegm and mess. <laughs> Luke Owen. Hello, Swaft Nation. Hello, Oliver Davis. I was a bit uh, bunged up during the actual recording of this show. You'll, you'll hear, listeners, I'm a bit sniffly during the... Uh, I think we were talking about Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, mm. and um, I was afraid that it was going to be a big just wad of snot that was going to fall out of my face uh, during the recording, which is why I had to go blow my nose before we did the, the final bit. You can uh, you can look forward to that. When <laughs> I will apologise now because there is a little bit of snuffling uh, from me. Well, yeah, well, like, uh, well, it was we were half an hour in. It was going fine. I had no idea you were feeling bad. Yeah, and then like a, a huge <laughs> snot sound happened twice. You apologised, and we wrapped that bit up quick. Yeah, you'll notice how that discussion ends <laughs> quite quickly, so Luke could take care of himself. I was going to go record my weekend video uh, today, and I just before we came in to record this podcast intro, I just said to Wally, "Oh, actually, let's see how we get on." Yeah, because I may not want to present my weekend videos sounding like this. So let's try and get through the uh, the reviews rather quickly, so Luke can recuperate to get back to swaft. Swaff level. Swaff style. Swaff, swaff status. Style. So it's me, Jackie G, writes, so swaffed. I love Wrestle Ramble, been here since the first one, and it's so easy and enjoyable to listen to. I start work at 6am, and this podcast gets me through the early hours of the day. Makes me feel less uncool for being such a big wrestling mark. Finally getting my girlfriend into wrestling, and I'm now going to try and get her into the podcast. Keep up the great work. Thumbs up emoji. Cheers, Jackie G. Cheers. Thumbs up back to you. Cheers, it's me, Jackie G. Oh, getting a lady. That that could help the, the numbers. Yes. We could get up to, I mean, I don't want to be so bold to say a uh, 96.5% split. Yeah. Uh, of That's of the men. So that's what, 3.5%? 3. 3. Uh, that would be a great target, but I'm not going to be ambitious. I'm going to say 33 <laughs> We've all got things to aim for. Yeah, we're at 3% at the moment. Yeah. yeah so... Uh, yeah, we'll aim for that. That's uh, That can be our New Year's resolution next year. Well, it's the drive to five first. And Zen Dave writes, 
good crack. Which is that's a, a Irish expression yeah. for just stuff that's, it's you know, good. that's good chat, that's good banter, it's a good thing that's happening. He's not talking about the drug. No, and not the class A drug. And saying that it's a good version of no. that. Uh, and they write, if you're looking for well-humoured, fun and insightful wrestling chat, look no further. Ollie and Luke know their stuff and deliver it to your ears in a fun, inventive, casual manner bags of laughs minor cross-dressing hilarity ensues on a regular basis cannot recommend this podcast enough five stars cheers zen thank dave. you zen dave i like that as a tagline yeah just like a, a disclaimer minor cross-dressing <laughs> yeah actually that sounds like we're making children cross-dress well i <laughs> so maybe we shouldn't have that. i i feel that if we had a poster like if we were to go to a convention or something and have our own little stall mm. and we were like we're putting up review quotes uh i would have hilarity ensues on a regular basis yeah that's good and consistent yes that would be right at the top of the movie poster yeah consistent and <laughs> Not any of these five-star reviews, but that one guy who gave us a four-star review. <laughs> or that one-star oh. review, lad. No, no, f- fair enough. You did a one-star review. But it's a binary system, this. It's either a one-star or a five-star review. Who leaves a four-star review? Let's get on with the show. Well, we're going to find out the question on every member of the Swaft Nation's lips. How is Captain Luke? Captain Luke and Brother Owen are fine, I believe. Um, I haven't actually spoken to them since mm. the video went up, but they appear to be doing okay. Yeah, uh, went down well. Yes. But they're not meant to get over. Well, no, actually, in fact, I got quite a few messages from people yesterday on Twitter. Thank you to everyone who did get in touch to say, like, the problem was you were too good at it. And it's meant to be a crap gimmick with a crap promo. And what you did was cut a half-decent promo mm. with a quite good gimmick. Yeah, a lot of people like the pet the dog in the submission line. Yep. And uh, the yeah, we'll see you in the hallway. Push-ups were a good oh, oh, one. I'm sorry, the, yeah, the sit-ups. You could tell I don't go to the gym. Uh, which I actually have to give credit to you. That was your idea. Well, I wasn't involved in this. Well, the sit-up. I never even met them. <laughs> sit-up was, uh, sit was your call. Uh, so that was, of course, Luke's punishment for losing the Wrestle Ramble War of last month. Mm-hmm. Um, I am already ahead in this month. Yes, you are. Because I won the fantasy booking warfare mm-hmm. of uh, Kurt Angle's return. And we're going to do another fantasy booking warfare this weekend. Yes, we are. Indeed, which yeah. is? Uh, did we decide? It's Pete Dunne's oh, yes, that's main right. roster debut. How we would book him. Yes, uh, uh, his like, first run. Mm. Uh, we've had a couple of other suggestions from people like booking uh, Gagano Chomper. Oh, my God. We can't do that Good because enough. it's Survivor Series. What do you we've got to do predictions for Survivor Series? Oh yeah, well, we got to do that as well. Yeah. yeah so yeah. the next one, so the week after that, yeah, that'll be the fantasy booking warfare. Got ahead of myself. As if Survivor Series this weekend. Yeah. It's the Is go it really? home. It's the go home shows tonight and tomorrow. No. Yeah. Crikey. And that means even more importantly, it's NXT Takeover, whatever yeah. Houston. Yeah, Houston. Yeah. I'm going to say Houston on Saturday, which will be a crikey. Fun I show. genuinely forgot the Survivor Series was this weekend, mm. and I was literally just watching Survivor Series 1998. So you'd think it would be on my brain, but no. Uh-huh. I, and I was at home watching Survivor Series 2001. So you'd think that it's that's all I've got on my mind no. at the moment. Still forgot. Uh, so uh, we went to some wrestling shows last went weekend. Two. We went to two. Uh, same promotion, Revolution Pro Wrestling. Globe, globe, what was it called? Global, global, Wars? global Wars. Global Wars. Night one and night two. 
holy moly, we had a good time. Certainly, didn't we, Just? Mm. We um, were a little bit merry on the, uh, the the second night. The Friday got got more merry than the first. Yeah, I blame that mostly on you, or at least, at least partly. Well, because I was told the plan was that we were going to meet in the pub mm. earlier and have some food before we went there. That's not what happened, though. We got to the pub, had a pint, and then went. Well, you see, this is a uh, SWAF Nation... Let's get an insight on how Luke reads some emails and uh, WhatsApp messages. It's uh, he'll look at it, not read it, get the impression of what he thinks a message says if it's if it's too long and then just act on that information. (laughs) Even though all the information is there. We had a long talk about how we're not going to make that time anymore. Oh, there was like like, like 25 messages, though. Like, that's that's hard to get through. Honestly. And you you told me off. For getting the wrong shirt for your wedding because I did the exact same thing. <laughs> not that reading was that different stuff. though, because I was also told you that in studio, in person. I still refute that ever happened. <laughs> so we had a really, we had a really good night. Uh, best match, a terrific match between Keith Lee and Tomohiro Ishii. Do you know what was funny? So on the the, the second night, we were chatting to uh, to some of your friends about the the first night we went to on the mm. Thursday, and he was like, "I'm just really amazed that like the the first night had." Uh, Naito versus Skrull and it had a uh, main event with Zack Sabre Jr. and Will Ospreay and Minoru Suzuki but all everyone is talking about is Ishii versus Keith Lee and I was like mate that's because it's one of the best things I've ever seen mm. it's just it was a stunning match We, I've never seen Keith Lee live before and he's big he is a refrigerator a really, of a man he's a large guy and he does things that smaller guys do like Second rope moonsaults and leapfrogs. It and... was just incredible. Yeah. I'm like, he's my new favourite like wrestler in the entire yeah. world. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, but we will be doing a full review of that in the next Wrestle Talk magazine issue. Uh, I'll write up a review and it will have a little scannable barcode that will take you to a, a little exclusive video like this where you can watch a, a full like Rev Pro review. We're going to talk about. We're we talking about both nights or just night one. We'll talk about both nights. Yeah. Going cray cray. Cray cray cray. Um, we've got two Minoru Suzuki matches to yeah, talk about. I can't remember a great deal of the second night, but I'm <laughs> sure bits will come back to me. Yeah. Uh, the uh, we, we both had trouble getting home. I got. I was 15 <laughs> minutes. It was a 15 minute walk from my house. I like. It took me two hours. I and don't know. My how. girlfriend had to send me an Uber to get me home I, it still baffles me how you got lost like i, I don't I, know because i live i, I wasn't it, that drunk it, i was about an hour away from uh so from the from door to door actually maybe like an hour and 20 minutes mm. from like the venue back to my front door and all i had to do is get two trains i just get to the victoria line from walthamstow central to oxford circus jump on the central line I live. well i didn't think you'd do a flat number that's fine now uh but again then get on the central line back to my hometown i'm not gonna see what mine is mm. Um, and that's fine. That's dead easy. Stopped off, got a little bit of takeaway food, which was actually quite delicious, but mm-hmm. also disgusting because it was takeaway burger food. Um, and then I fell asleep on the tube and I woke up in Brixton. So confused because someone literally woke me up to say, like, you've got to get oh, off here. Oh, wow. You were so that I was like, guy. So I was like, oh, God, I've got to get off here. So I jumped Covered off. Covered in vomit on your shirt. <laughs> so I jumped off. And then like my brain was taking a little while to kind of kick back into mm. gear, trying to work out where I was. And I was like, huh, why why have I gone past where I need to be? And then it just took me ages to realise. And then, actually, I didn't even realise I was at Brixton until about five minutes later. I thought, I should actually just check what station I'm at. And I then realised I was at Brixton. I was like, where the hell's Brixton? 
And Who then knows thinking, what you did? Because you sleepwalk. <laughs> you could have done loads of and all number of things around London. It could have done like many back and forths, yeah. and I wouldn't have known because like it's just one straight line by, by with about ten stops. So anyway, I fell asleep. Then I got had to get back to Oxford Circus. And I fell asleep a little bit again on the Central Line coming home. Uh, woke up in North Holt, and then I think my train was actually going through to where it needed to be. But I thought because I'd already fallen asleep once, I just jumped off the train. Don't risk means- it. I was about two stops mm. early, had to wait for another train. It. I didn't get home until gone 2am. Yeah, which is when I got home. <laughs> but my my trip should have taken 20% of the overall time yours did. Yeah. Should we get on to everyone's new favourite segment, <laughs> Great Balls of Botch? Do you want to take this, this yeah, well, I correction? Mean, absolutely, yeah. So, I mean... I think we can probably drop this one now. Mm. It was uh, the Submission Sorority was the group that Paige, Charlotte and Becky Lynch was in. I'm honestly am baffled that people care this much to to correct us on this because it was a an awful storyline, an awful time. Uh, but yet people are very like very dedicated to correcting us on this. People like Paige. And this is probably the week of Paige's return. She might be back today. Yeah. That's she, apparently she was in town in Atlanta on Sunday night mm. so by the time you're watching this Paige might be back on the main roster uh, but yeah so yeah we got it wrong though yeah we got it wrong absolutely oh I've got the mailbag oh, oh. oh. oh it's so big that is a big bag of mail Riley Reed joke what I, who is that person <laughs> Uh, last time you made the, a Riley Reed reference, whoever that is, loads of people in the comments got excited. Yeah, a lot of people thought it was um, uh, humorous. Yeah. And there were a lot of people who weren't excited. Actually, my favourite one was someone made a comment, which was just like, you're right, I couldn't quite hear you. You either said Riley Reed, who is who I was actually referring to, or I think it was someone called like Miley Reed, who is a, a flautist famous for playing a very large flute. Oh, okay. And it, and it was like, hey, yo, and... Both kind of have like similar as, as a Venn diagram. Mm. They're they're sort of both in the centre. And um, yeah, if uh, you, you should probably not Google it. <laughs> if if you're especially if not, you're at work. Yeah, if you're if you're curious as to who the person Luke says, and I don't know who it is, you <laughs> should probably not Google it until you're home, or. Or um, yeah, oh, just, certainly not if you're I don't know. certainly not if you're and like, if you're eighteen or below. Mm. Or actually, no, if you're below eighteen, don't do it. Um, yeah, let's move on to the mailbag. Yeah. So Phil Stopford, Britain's next top model, Phil Stopford has got in touch. He's one of our Patreon backers, which means his question goes right to the fast track. He asks, "What are your all-time three top favorite and least favorite moments?" OMG moments, I suppose, from watching wrestling. For example, Brock ending Taker's streak, the Stone Cold beer bath, Jericho's name being on the list of KO, that sort of thing. Doesn't, of course, have to be from WWE. Although... All of mine are. Pretty much all of ours are. I can really think... I was trying to think of some TNA ones, but I can really think of any big TNA like, OMG, apart from like Raven winning the, the championship at one of their early pay-per-views. Kurt Angle's debut... The yeah. Samoa Joe stare down where they just yeah, headbutted actually, each I other. Yeah, you're right. The Kurt Angle uh, debut in particular, because I actually watched that pay-per-view live. Mm. Um, and that reaction, well, I mean, you didn't even get to hear the reaction, but I remember going onto YouTube afterwards, and there were people who'd uploaded videos of, like, everyone just going, like, ballistic in the impact zone. When people cared about TNA. Um, I, I, I guess, uh, to just as, like, a, a roll call for non-WWE stuff that hasn't made it in, also the moment Kenny Omega faints... Yeah. In the uh, Rainmaker from Okada in their second match yeah. this year, 
That almost seems too soon, doesn't it? Stuff from this year. I didn't, spoiler, I didn't put in the list of KO stuff. No. Because I feel like it's, you know, I want to give it a few years to fester to become my all-time top three favourite. But one that was so close to getting in there was back when Kevin Owens wrestled as Kevin Steen for Ring of Honor. And he was exiled from the company for a year in storyline, but kind of kind of seemingly in real life as well, because Jim Cornette had the book then. But then he came back and uh, El Generico, the former Sammy... Well, no. Sammy Zayn's trainer yeah. uh, hadn't been seen for a long time either. And at the end of the pay-per-view, after I think Steen had beaten Davey Richards, he gets delivered a box, he's celebrating, he gets delivered a box, he opens it, and he just lifts out this El Generico mask. And the crowd, like, the crowd go insane for a mask. It was a beautiful piece of storytelling, but that gives me chills when I think about it. How Do you, do you want to do one by one? Yeah, I let's, haven't let's got go, this in any order. No, neither have I, to be honest. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's, let's go one so by one. So one best and then one worst. Yeah. So I'll start off. I have run into... And this isn't exhaustive. I, I, it's tough making lists because I could wake up tomorrow and I'd have three different things. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, again, the caveat yeah. is a lot of these we wrote down just before we came in here. But I've got my first one here as Shawn Michaels saying I love you in the Ric Flair retirement match from WrestleMania. Great moments. Yeah, just he's sort of, you know, he's tuning up the band in the corner and he's so torn because the storyline building up into this was Ric Flair had all those matches and each match his career was on the line. And now you sort of knew it was going to happen. Everyone knew it was going to happen. See, predictability doesn't have to be a bad thing. Sometimes it's what makes sense. And Sean is, is sort of conflicted. He doesn't want to retire his hero. But he also can't like give his hero a free pass because he's here he's like student yeah. master father son and you've also got rick flair standing mm. up and so rick flair has accepted that he's lost this match yeah and that michaels is going to hit him and it was almost like it's almost rick flair saying just do it yeah like just come do it on. just do it and get it over with and uh sean michaels stops tuning up the the band for a moment looks at him and says i'm sorry i love like mouths it you don't hear it yeah. i'm sorry i love you and then he hits the super kick and it's done uh, a lot what of, a great moment. Some people, I mean, I watched that live and I actually, you know, maybe. my there was a, I was cutting onions at the time. Oh, yeah, making a lasagna. I was making a lasagna and it had been, <laughs> had been raining <laughs> on my I'm face. And I, you know, got a bit, I just got a bit of um, moisture. I didn't, don't know what it was. Sweat, eye sweat. Yeah. And I then read around, see what other people thought. And some people thought it was hokey. Yeah, I remember that at the time as well. I was a big uh, user of the smartmarks.com. Shout out to my TSM brothers. Um, and there was a lot of people on there at the time. It was very much a 50-50 split. A lot of mm. people going like, that was one of the best moments ever. And a lot of people going like, that was a very bit of a hokey moment. Now, what I think, particularly on, on the message board that I was on, because I was part of that, I was a bit hokey. Oh, were you? And the only reason, that, and I, I'm, I'm quite happy to admit this now, it's because back during this timeline, I was on such the... I was drinking the TNA Kool-Aid <laughs> so hard that I just... Any time that WWE did something good, I was just like, no, nah, stupid though, isn't it? Stupid. It's just that TNA did something much better on, on Impact last week. Mm. So I was drinking the Kool-Aid so much that I just I couldn't accept it as a great moment. Until but, Ric Flair went there. <laughs> and, and, I was like, and I was like, yeah, guys, he retired with you, but he wants to wrestle for TNA. I yeah. think by that point, I was starting to lose interest in the company. He's ending his career where he should, <laughs> in TNA. In TNA, in front of at least yeah. 250 people. So uh, what's your what's your best you've got here? Uh, well, my first one, and this was like... You've a, written a few. 
Yeah, I've got more than uh, I needed to. You need to cut one off here. Well, one of them kind of ties into the other, though. Okay. Um, so one of the biggest, like, OMG moments I remember from, uh, like, my youth of watching wrestling was Austin's heel turn mm. at WrestleMania X7. I was 17. And I just remember the time it was just, and it was him siding with Vince McMahon and just being like, oh, man. And it's it's a brilliant moment. It's a wonderfully told story, particularly because you've got Paul Heyman on commentary just doing a fantastic sell job of it, where it's just like Austin sold his soul to the devil himself for the WWF championship. And you've got Jim Ross next to him, incensed, being like, why, Steve, why? Oh, it's so great. It gives me chills just thinking about it. And then his subsequent heel turn that he did a couple of months later, because he turned babyface for about a mm. week or so during the invasion angle, when he turned on Team WWF to let Team Alliance, WCW and ECW win. And you're cool with that? That's well, no, I mean, this is one but, of your favourite. Well, no, points, I, I, right? but again, I've like when I say like favourite moments, because I, I, you know, neither of them really, shocking moments. Yeah, it's a shocking moment to oh, me. I see. And like, and it, it was a time that I think back to when I was a, a, a teenager, a young teenager watching wrestling, and I was just super hardcore into it. Hmm. And just these moments that made me and my friends go like, "Oh my god, what is happening?" That, so that's why it's it's you know it's one of my go to moments for like OMG moments. Doesn't doesn't work in storyline, I like in things like that, but still. So not not to not to sort of uh, belittle your choice here, but one of them is when that arguably drove away a lot of uh, <laughs> yep. wrestling fans, and what many people signal as the end of the Attitude Era, when uh-huh. Austin turned heel, Absolutely. turned turned a lot of people off because they're like Austin was the guy they never wanted to see turn heel. Yep. And the next bit is when. Austin turned heel invasion, making it more of a WWE versus WWE thing rather than the proper interpromotional yeah, yeah. war everyone wants. Fine. No, okay, no, cool. no, no, no that's, I, absolutely. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying that in terms of like those OMG moments mm. from my youth, those are the two that kind of spring to mind. Not saying they're good for business. Well, uh, that's a good segue into the worst then. My first worst pick is the moment that legitimately got me out of wrestling for a few years. Uh, because you know everyone has that lapsed period. Mm-hmm. Well, most people do. Yeah, for uh, me it was Raven being fired. Yeah, uh, in two, and it's a, it's a shame that it happened then because SmackDown was about to go on to have one of the best periods of its existence. Stephanie McMahon's dog storyline. Now it's interesting because you've written this down. A, I have no recollection of this, and I wonder if I tuned out before this point. Mm. But, but I must have tuned in. I must have been so around ha- for this because yeah. I I remember tuning out after the the brand split. So I remember the brand split happening, and I was like, "This is a bit bit of shit now." Yeah, yeah. So this was in March two thousand and two. I just had the year of my life as a wrestling fan with the invasion storyline. I did not know what was happening. I oh, you mean the it. invasion storyline that drove people away? Yeah, that was the time all of right. your life, right? All right, okay. Don't want to belittle your point or anything. But then I remember having this uh, argument with a friend at school called David Allen, and he was always about he he loved the wrestling in the ring like he didn't care about he said like if anything the stories uh he could do without the stories he just wants to see the wrestling and i likened that at the time well it's like saying you know art's the favorite thing about your comic books and he goes yeah it is <laughs> i was like oh we're, we're fighting different points here so <laughs> i like i like the writing of the comic books you know the art's cool but it's the, the writing similar to, to wrestling i i do really love the stories sometimes these days they're kind of neck and neck but back in the day it was all about the stories and the stories after the invasion, I felt, were, were getting bad. And just the, it, it, they were getting progressively worse in my views as a young fan. 
And then Stephanie McMahon and Triple H were going through a divorce. and She was siding with Jericho. Yeah, and she... That it was all kind of like revolving around the dog in the divorce. And I was like, what is this? I'm too, you know, at that time, this is me talking back in the day. I'm too old for this now uh, because I kind of, everyone else had kind of moved on from wrestling. And I was like, I'm done. I'm going to talk to girls. <laughs> I'm going to go out and do that. How did and that then, work out for you? Not well back then. <laughs> Uh, yes, that's my one. Worst for you? Uh, worst. Um, uh, uh. I'll, I'll skip that one because that kind of ties into the other one. In fact, I've only got... Oh, no, I have got three. Um, actually, I suppose this does tie into it. So um, the ending of Survivor Series, th- Survivor Series 2001. Mm. And that's actually because, like, I, as I've mentioned earlier, I've recently rewatched this pay-per-view because it came second in our Patreon poll. So I was like, ah, I mean... I didn't get to review it, but I feel like I'm going to watch it anyway because I've got a bit of time on my hands. So I watched. Uh, I was working from home on Friday, so I thought I'll watch Survivor Series 2001. And it was kind of sort of struck me then when I was watching it that the last like 80% of that main event are WWF guys. It's Rock, Jericho, Kane, Undertaker, and Big Show as Team WWF versus Austin, Kurt Angle, Shane McMahon, Booker T, and Rob Van Dam. Mm. Like, those last two there are the only outsiders in this 10-person match. And the last four guys are Rock, Jericho, Angle, and Austin, who would go on to then be the, the, the four at Vengeance 2001 when they're doing the, the one-night tournaments mm. to crown an undisputed champion. And I was just sort of looking at it being like, oh, what a disappointment. Like, what happened? What happened? Yeah, like exactly. It's like this fell off a cliff very, very quickly, and yeah, it's just like I mean, at the time, even at the time, I remember thinking this is a particularly lame ending mm. because there were just so many like defections. There were never defections from the Alliance side, really, to the WWF side. They had like Taz had been excluded from Team Alliance, but he was never really given another home to go to. So it was never like a big jump to the other side. It was always just. WWF guys who were heels anyway just siding with the other heels mm. and it was just a bit naff a bit lame and yeah a bit rubbish yeah yeah it was well it's widely criticised as one of the worst mm. not that it's the most disappointing so, so yeah, much potential exactly uh, it's a shame we didn't get to that as a Patreon poll but we do get mm. to do a better Survivor Series in my opinion back to best uh, in fact I'm just going to say oh no oh I didn't go you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to say I'm going to do two best moments because they really are. Uh, I'm, I'm bumping Shane McMahon buying WCW yeah. on the Nitro under Vince. And I'm going to go my last two as CM Punk's pipe bomb promo and CM Punk's 2011 Money in the Bank win. Yeah. Those are my, I mean, those are two of my all-time favourite memories, not just of wrestling, but like of life. Yeah. Like, move aside, lady partner. <laughs> That's what I think of when I go to bed at night. I mean, you and I talked about this extensively on the the Patreon exclusive podcast about how much that uh, that win, like not so much meant to me, but mm. just like how how I reacted to it at the time. There's very few times where I would mark out uh, with with a buddy of mine, and man, what a moment! Like just I was just drunken shouting at the TV. Just yeah. what a great night of wrestling it was. And that pipe bomb promo sort of ties into the dog Stephanie McMahon's dog storyline. It got me back into like I was a wrestling fan, but I was I was on the ropes, uh, especially for WWE. And then Punk happened, and I was back in th- through to now, you know. So mm-hmm. no Punk pro- pipe bomb, no wrestle talk, Ollie Davis. Apparently not. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's always that. What about you? Uh, I mean, okay, now we're actually going to talk about a moment that was really great. Mm. 
and that was uh, the very first TLC match at uh, SummerSlam, SummerSlam 2000. 2000. And then the second one, TLC 2 at WrestleMania X7. Mm. As just matches where you're just watching it and like every other movie, you're like, never seen this before. I've never seen this before. What are they? Oh, I can't believe they're going to do this next. Just absolutely stunning. And actually, you know, the ladder match that they had at WrestleMania 2000 yeah. uh, was also was equally as great. Like that as a trilogy of matches, so great. Mm. Like really, really awesome. Um, and I think... If memory serves, the same team won all three times. Edge and Christian. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I remember watching it on a DVD because I didn't have the pay per views at the time. It would be like four months later when I got the DVD, I could watch it, uh, and just being like, "This is the match I try and do in No Mercy," <laughs> yeah. and they're doing it. This is in, yeah, unbelievable. Well, I so I uh, a friend of mine had recorded it, so we had it on VHS WrestleMania 2000. Mm. And we were just sort of like watching through the pay-per-view. And that ladder match, I hadn't seen the rest of WrestleMania 2000s like, for quite some time because I was just so blown away by that match. Mm. We either stopped watching it, start watching the tape to go and like play video Gotta games take or a something. Breather, man. But like, it was almost like the, the Keith Lee Ishii match. Like, at the time, I was like, I've got to go have a cigarette. Like, mm. I've got to take a break so I can have a cigarette from this. And it's the same with both those TLC matches. Just absolutely stunning stuff. And then, you know, you, you hear the stories now, which kind of, not so much taint them a little bit, but you hear that apparently a lot of it was very much backstage. Michael Hayes kind of going up to all of them and saying, like, you jump off that damn ladder. They're saying, like, you know, if you don't do this, mm. you're going to be in trouble. But still, they really did, like, define the the modern-day ladder match in WWE. And, man, like, and not even just WWE, outside of wrestling. Like, outside of WWE, sorry. Just great stuff. Uh, I did too, so you do your final... My final one. one. Um, so, yeah, it's Brock ending the streak. Wow. Like, me and my friend, my my, uh, my best man, um, just, like, just like jumping out of our seats. And it was so funny. I think I've told the story before, but my lady partner, my wife now, was there to watch the event. And she just kept saying, like, well, that big guy's winning, right? Because... I mean, look at him. He's clearly winning this. Mm-hmm. And the way that the video package beforehand definitely said that he's winning. And me and my friend were there going like, no, you don't understand. Like, it's the Undertaker at WrestleMania. He always wins at WrestleMania. That's just the way it goes. And this is just another big win for Undertaker. And then, yeah, I was that. I was the Undertaker guy at the end of that match. Just wide-eyed, mouth aghast. I just been like... And I remember listening to the Wrestling Observer radio reports afterwards and you had Brian Alvarez like there live and you had Dave Meltzer watching it on TV and I think you had uh, Mike Sempervivi kind of like moderating the two talking mm. about it and Brian Alvarez was talking like there were so many people in the arena that thought it was a botch that Taker was meant to kick out mm. because if you go back and watch it they don't play Brock's music immediately there's the three count and then there's a lot of silence which is clearly set up by yeah, WWE yeah. to kind of like to get that moment but yeah there were so many people there that were just like I think Taker was meant to kick out it was so good. It's like one of the the in in my in my sort of adult fanhood of wrestling. That was the first time where I was a hundred percent convinced something was going to happen, and the complete opposite happened. You got swerved, and ever since I've been like, I can't like that's that's my, don't say this is going to happen because <laughs> that that one thing happened back then. What you don't want to be is like if uh, this is going to be probably very much a UK based mm. reference, but it's a reference that you and I will very much appreciate. If you ever watched The Apprentice. One thing you yes. do when you're at the apprentice is don't say you're an expert in something when you're going to do that task. Mm. So if it's like if it's selling toys, 
and you or your business is selling toys, never say like, I'm an expert in selling toys because you will fail on that task. Yeah, and then you'll get fired. And then you'll get fired. You'll be project manager and you'll be exactly. fired. Because you'll put yourself forward as project manager being like, this is my area of expertise. I'm definitely going to win this task. And then you'll always fail. So we've got to quickly move on to the next question. So I'm just going to run through my two other worst bits. I mean, they kind of are quite obvious. Rey Mysterio's number 30 entrance in the 2013 Royal Rumble when everyone wanted it to be Daniel Bryan from earlier in the night. See, the thing is for me, it's like I never thought Bryan was coming out for the Rumble mm. because he'd wrestled earlier in the night. So I, I... Reigns did it. Yeah, well, that was, that, was a few years, year. that was a few years later though. But like on this night, I remember being like, when they, Ray got booed and then you hear the reports being like, everyone thought it was going to be Daniel Bryan. I remember at the time being like, why? Mm. Like, Brian already had his match earlier on. Well, it was just, it was, it showed that, I mean, it was the wrong decision. Oh, totally. Well, where decision. they went afterwards, but I guess Punk even had a lot to do with that. But yeah, that one. And, and uh, him being eliminated the following year. And Nexus SummerSlam. Uh, yep. There, you know, that you could have made a lot of future upper mid main eventers there. And you made... Uh, who's the only guy? Heath Slater is the only guy left wrestling for the company. And um, that was all John Cena's fault in this instance. <laughs> they, they were defeated uh, with uh, two and one advantage. And yeah, you botched one of the most engaging storylines of recent times. Yeah, and I'll end off with my uh, last two as well, just to make sure these are my definitely last two. They are. Um, tying into sort of like another great OMG moment mm. was Stone Cold Steve Austin being run over. And then the reveal, spoilers, if you're uh, not aware of this storyline, it was a big year-long storyline, the, the culmination of this storyline. Turned out that it was Rikishi that was the man that ran over Stone Cold Steve Austin because he did it for The Rock. Mm. And sort of in storyline, it kind of made sense. Problem was, is that what you did with Rikishi after that was he just got completely victimized by Stone Cold Steve Austin in his first match back where there wasn't actually a pinfall it was just Austin just beat him up took him outside and tried to run him over and then there were just cops involved and all this sort of gubbins and then his second match he loses to The Rock so you're like okay great well that's not really a way to make a main eventer or like you've Mm. clearly done this to create a new main eventer out of Rikishi but you just haven't beat twice Um, and we'll actually come on to that when we talk about um, Austin Aries Mm. uh, shortly but yeah so I mean it was just it was a real like real kick in the teeth and it was like Rikishi being the guy to be revealed wasn't a great payoff shocking but at the same time I was like yeah wish it had been something better and the other one is probably too long to really get into but it's uh, Chaz's domestic abuse storyline because it's very tasteless hmm. um, yeah I mean just google it it um, also involves beaver cleavage google that but don't google the Riley Reid don't, no, go- no, don't, don't google, google life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if AI could fold your laundry and some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Next up, we have from Hard as Nails, Nick Schiff, also via Patreon. Should the WWE be worried about the unrest and frustration brewing in the locker room? They have lost great talent in Neville and Aries, and it felt the WWE did not even seem to put up a fight to try and keep them. Now Sammy and Owens were sent home on a big European tour, and these are two men, I feel, you cannot afford to lose. It feels like there isn't a proper leader to rally the troops. Hmm. There is no. Well, there really isn't a rock, uh, a rocker room, a locker room leader now that Taker's gone and Cena's yeah. barely there, and, and Roman Reigns is out sick. Apparently, he's the the current locker. Yeah, room I was going to say you guy. certainly can't look to Randy Orton because he clearly doesn't care. Yeah. Um. You see all these uh, interactions with Kevin Owens. Yeah. Le- very story uh, on today's news. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. Uh, it was. It was. We did the old uh, sad mon- sad music montage. Kevin Owens thought he was safe. (laughs) The rest of the WWE roster across the seas. He was fine. He was he was safe. Very nice. But not not when Randy Orton's lurking in Twitter. Nope. Uh, Yeah, it's so Austin Aries did a podcast with Talk is Jericho, Chris Jericho's podcast, and he explained WWE let him go. Yeah. So that wasn't uh, an example of unrest and frustration. They. They were like, oh, you, you've got a few nagging injuries. We don't have anything for you. you well, that was I, it. And I think from Aries, because I've only, I've only listened to like the start of the, hmm. the episode, and I'm kind of like just, I was listening to it on the way here. And um, he was talking about how he he was, you know, positioned as a baby face, despite the fact that he's a better heel, or he likes yeah. working heel uh, better anyway. And he said, the first four things I did as a baby face was lose. I lost to Neville four times. So... Like really, at that point, there's no stock left in me as a babyface, mm. um, and like, uh, and and that seems like a real frustration. And then, and, and then him saying like, "Cool, I mean, you clearly don't believe in me as a babyface, which is fine because Neville as a heel is on such a roll at the moment. It's not the right time to take the title off of him. But if I've lost four times as a babyface, there's now left for me in that role. So put me back on commentary, put me back in NXT, turn me heel, 
make me a manager mm. and he like presented a lot of these ideas to them and wwe was like yeah you've got some nagging injuries mm. um off you go go sell your book it's a shame because he really was very good as a commentator yeah it's great in those cruiserweight matches the weeks before or the months i suppose he debuted on raw uh, competitively and i thought he was getting a kind of he seemed to be someone that Vince McMahon liked, just because the whole banana thing, you know, they, they shared a similar humour. Mm. Austin Aries was a lot better at executing that, that humour. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it it does make Aries' final WWE moment very interesting, though. I can't remember what pay-per-view it was. Probably Backlash. Yeah, so probably. Payback. Yeah. Uh, or Extreme Rules. It was Extreme Rules. And... Neville Neville wins. Aries is on the outside, and he's just sitting on the ring apron, grinning. And at the time, everyone was like, "Oh, he's going to turn heel like as some crazy Joker character." Because I think he had some blood in his teeth as well. It was a good visual. But then, uh, no, he was probably grinning because he knew where this was going, and he was getting released. Yeah. Uh, and the Neville one, I mean, that's a. I think that's a really big loss mm. and a real shame because Neville was so good and he had you know, one of his best years ever in WWE. But um, yeah, a real shame uh, that he was gone. So should WWE be worried about this unrest and frustration, Oliver Davis? If you're bringing it back to the original question. Yes. Great work. You're I welcome. Th- I think yes, because your biggest stars right now, are the, you, well, not biggest stars, but there's... You've got WWE stars, right? The ones that WWE love. Your Cena, your Reigns, your Orton, your Baron Corbin. People they've made and they're very much invested in. But then you've got this other tier of people who are arguably more talented, definitely in ring work wise, a lot of them promo wise as well, and significantly moreover with at least the very passionate side of the fan base who are only allowed to get to a certain level and then they start to get fizzled out by booking and a few lose losses here and uh, not very good programs. Mini pushes here. Mini pushes, yeah. I'd say, actually, AJ Styles is now in the the WWE bracket because they obviously have done fantastically, which is weird because I thought he would be in this one. And these people, you know, they're like Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Cesaro. Uh, Neville. Neville's a good example as well. Samoa Joe, like if you know, all those people who you would you would not be surprised at going. Oh yeah, they could go back to the Indies and make quite a nice living for themselves. And ever since Cody has done so well on the independence, and Drew McIntyre kind of paved that way as well before him. Although his decision to leave WWE wasn't his own. Cody's was. Cody actively asked for his release. Now that and Aries is making more money on the independents, reportedly, seeing how much success they've had outside with an easier schedule, more creative freedom, they get to work the style they like to work, which is non-WWE style, more of a stiffer, harder striking thing. They can have they, they can have the critical applause of the five-star matches from Dave Meltzer and that rapturous fan base. They probably get a bigger cut on their own merchandise sales. So many opportunities outside of WWE. But that's only really been proven practically in the last six months by Cody falling in with the Bullet Club and getting that really big push outside it. And if a few of these names were to leave WWE and make a big deal of themselves outside. Daniel Bryan is probably the biggest of those. And ruling out a CM Punk. Mm-hmm. Like, WWE should be worried about that, because this is 
that they are creating this unrest and frustration with this sort of weird mentality of that tier of guys only giving them so much and then pulling out it's like a it's like a a rubbish girlfriend right and you're like oh i just want to I want us to be together and exclusive and, you know, we can we can move in together. And WWE's like, uh, yeah, OK, yeah, yeah. No, you know what? Today I am really into you. I am really into you. And then the next day you don't hear from her for three days. Not This isn't based on real life at all. I'm not drawing from real life scenarios. But uh, yeah, and if those names do go somewhere else, WWE is going to be that crazy ex-girlfriend of no, 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 no. I was going out with you. Yeah. And they'll be really angry about it. And it is to their detriment because these are the people who will be the stars of the future and have so much potential to get over and make you money. Yeah, I mean, it, it, WWE, like, they have a mentality, which is just like, we have handpicked these these certain guys to be our guys. And if you're not one of those guys, then there's only so far that you can get. And it's funny as well, because when they always put together the like the Monday Night War documentaries or they talk about WCW, they always say like WCW's biggest problem is they never made new stars. They just always kept younger guys down and kept the same guys on top. And these are WWE produced products. We're like, yeah, how stupid would WCW not letting guys like Jericho be a champion? Mm. <laughs> Idiots. And it's like, yeah, you did the same thing, and you're still doing the same thing now. So, yeah, it's I I do agree that they should be worried, but at the same time, sorry if I'm sniffing a lot. I've got a cold at the moment. Yeah, I know really badly. I do apologize. I should like cover up my microphone when I was mm. trying to sniff. But um, they they do have this kind of like great crop of talent that are apparently you know are on on the outs. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are booked for SmackDown and apparently will be there on Tuesday. Um, but at the same time, you look at NXT and you've got like man, there's like a whole host of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn's that can just be replaced with like that. We can mm. just pick two guys out of there and they could just replace them quite easily. And maybe that's WWE's mentality at the moment. It's just like, you guys are all easily replaceable. Yeah, I guess so. But there's only so many of yeah. those you can lose when it starts to become a problem if Ring of Honor and New Japan are sweeping them all up yeah. and you are losing that fan base. And finally, uh, some news that broke yesterday on Sunday and is, of course, in the WrestleTalk news today. Triple H will be facing Jinder Mahal in India. I think it's in New Delhi, which is the 9th of December date. Show, yeah. 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 Uh, Yes, yeah, so the the cool thing about this is it implies Jinder doesn't need the championship belt to be in on the India tour because he's got a Triple H championship belt as the draw, which means maybe AJ's going to keep the title. And this was something you were very worried about. This was a lot of the content of your very good video over the weekend about how WWE botched Jinder's title reign and you're worried AJ would be a paper champion does yes. this alleviate your fears uh, there is still the 8th date mm -hmm. um, so there is still a chance that they may announce uh, a Jinder Mahal championship match with AJ and then he'll defend that championship against Triple H on the 9th so there is always that chance but it doesn't or he loses it on Smackdown and faces Triple H as the champion yeah and Triple H can win. <laughs> yeah, he can be champion again yeah, in yeah, India. In India, that's what India wants. Yeah, he's yeah. their he's their babyface hero yeah, over there. Yeah. Um, I mean, it does alleviate some of my my worries. Yeah, I mean, as I said last week, and I said it in the video, and I said it on the Wrestle Ramble. Perhaps I was just being very pessimistic, but my belief, as as you know, this whole year has told us, mm. is that we're building Jinder as WWE champion for the India tour because that's a very important thing for us. Maybe it just feels like... I mean, Jinder says this on Instagram that this is not the case, 
But if this really is, maybe they have just given up on this ginger experiment and just given up on the India experiment because apparently the ticket sales are very, very poor. Yeah. Uh, I d- yeah, don't ever count out Vince McMahon changing all the plans based <laughs> on his mood that morning. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I mean, I'm. we weren't behind the ginger experiment. We were it's, at the start. I w- I we was, were I, interested. I was certainly at least interested at the start because I was like, you're building a new star. Mm. That's a good thing. You've done it terribly, but we're yeah. interested that you've taken this yeah. awfully calculated punt. Yes. Yeah. And then, But it didn't pan out. Uh, so what this... I mean, the most interesting part of this for me is the original plan, of course, was for Jinder Mahal to face Brock Lesnar with John Cena in the special guest referee spot. Dave Meltzer has now confirmed on Wrestling Observer Newsletter that that match was to set up a Cena versus Mahal match down the line, possibly at a Rumble, possibly at a WrestleMania. So now he's not involved in that, and AJ's the champion, and John Cena is on Team SmackDown. Are you now building towards Styles Cena 3? Possibly at Royal Rumble, the anniversary of their fantastic, was a five-star match, according to Meltzer, in January of this year. Yeah. And this time, AJ gets the win. And maybe you're doing that because you've got the Omega Jericho match at Wrestle Kingdom and you want to try and build more buzz right. around yeah, Styles yeah. Cena 3 than Omega Ricardo. Mm. Yeah, there's so many bits that play into it. Yeah, Although, I mean, again, that's speculation. The Jericho announcement happened on the Sunday. The latest plans seem to have changed just four days before on the Thursday, so I don't know if the timeline fits. Well, I really did fall apart a little bit towards the end of that show. Yeah, I don't want you to look at me in the face. No, well, because I, I, I feel like I'm getting iller well, by this, looking in your eyes. It was weird because, like, obviously, I came into the, uh, the studio a little bit late today because I thought I'd work from home uh, a little bit this morning. I was still up at, um, at half five, still up at the ass crack of dawn, so I could crack with some work and, and do the washing up and stuff. And my girlfriend's not very well at the moment. My girlfriend, my oh, wife, no. she's not very well at the moment either. And I thought. I was like, oh, I really should tell Ollie that I'm not well. I'm actually going to move away from it. And then we walked into the studio where we record the Wrestle Ramble, and I thought, uh-oh, we're in a very confined space. That's We've got the door fully mm. shut. It gets very hot in here. I might actually pass this on. Yeah. I mean, the benefit for me uh, over the last year is I, I rarely get sick anyway, and that is helped by my... Mushroom tea. My yep, all the weird things I put into my body, and uh, the fact that I pretty much worked alone for a year <laughs> yeah. on just uh, making videos in this studio, and uh, that meant no one could give me illnesses. I drove, so I wasn't on public transport to get yeah. get it either. It was only if my girlfriend got sick, maybe like five percent of those times she gets ill a lot, I'd get that. But now this this is this is the first <laughs> time you've been sick, and I don't want to be sick. No, this is uncharted waters. I have I have, I very rarely get sick, and this is sorry, excuse me. Oh. This is like the first time that it's happened to this degree in quite some time. I don't know what happened. I'm gonna force feed you oranges all tomorrow. <laughs> you get no more oranges. Like, Shut up, Luke. <laughs> Stuff another one in your face. Have a, have a damn orange. Okay, so let's do some iTunes reviews. Uh, I, when I say that in the outro, mm-hmm. I, I mean, if that was me listening to the podcast, if I heard that, 
that's the moment I switch, switch off. Switch off, yeah, yeah. So I hope people stick I, around. Uh, it's when uh, something to wrestle, when he's just like, let's go over the poll for what the next episode is. Mm. That's why I'm like, I'm out. Oh, but they, they tend to have some good chat within the poll. Yeah, I know, but those episodes are like four hours yeah, long. I've got to, gotta, and I've got a backlog. I've got to, you know, I've got to get through these things. And I'm not like you. I can't listen to things on double speed. Mr. D- oh, I've started listening to a, a podcast that I can't listen to on double speed yeah. because they talk too quickly in the first place. So I imagine if someone listened to us on double speed, they'd find it quite difficult. Uh, so, yeah, they're 1.3 speed. It kills me. <laughs> Mr. GQ London writes, top show. This podcast is lit Yes, yes, Mr. GQ London. Yeah, we are fire emoji. I, uh, yeah, lit. That's that's that feels like a Mauro Ranello pop culture thing. Yep, uh, that is actually how a lot of people have described my wife in uh, the YouTube comments. Mm. Yes, using with two C's. Yep, using fire emojis Mm. all over the show. It's actually become a bit of a running joke now in uh, in my wife's, well, in my uh, my in-laws' household, and with my sister-in-law. They think it's Mm. hilarious. And Matt CGW three one six or probably three sixteen. Come on now. I was on the tube yesterday. Yeah. No, I was on the tube. It doesn't matter when I was on the tube. That's not <laughs> an important detail. What matters? It was Saturday though. Now I remember. Is that? And see, the people skip these reviews. Yeah, they yeah, miss all this top yeah, quality yeah. banter. Just opposite me on the on the seating was a little postcard that said three sixteen. I was like. Is this, a, is this a wrestling thing or is this a religious thing? It's very hard to know. So maybe this could just, by coincidence, be a, a religious thing. Mm. So maybe it is. Oh, it would still be 316, though, yeah. in verse form. They write, best wrestling podcast out there. Subscribing to the Wrestle Ramble on iTunes was the best decision I've made in a long time. I look forward to Luke and Ollie talking about wrestling more than I do the wrestling itself. I listen to it on the way to uni, when I'm going to bed, or at any possible time I can. Keep up the amazing work, you guys. Hashtag swaft. Hashtag push Luke. Thanks, Matt. That's a good call on that last hashtag. Maybe he's the guy that wrote the thing on your Jenga brick. <laughs> I think it was Grev that did it. Do but you want yeah. to explain what that is? Yeah, so uh, at my wedding, we did... Yeah, let's, let's spend more time in here when I need to go buy my <laughs> house. Uh, at my wedding, rather than do a traditional guest book, we got a Jenga tower that people could just write on um, in... Uh, like with a Sharpie, other pens are available. And... I, we were going through them yesterday while we were at my in-laws, and I found three that I assumed had come from Ollie. One of which I knew had come from you because uh, you had written your name on it, and you, yeah, you dead had giveaway. You had written the, uh, the the wedding hashtag on it, and then made the funny quip, hashtags work on Jenga blocks, right? Mm. Great stuff. Uh, but then there was another one that was hashtag push Luke, and I fancy Kevin, which is my uh, father-in-law, and <laughs> because you had gotten on so well with him. I assumed that you had written that. No, that wasn't me. Did you see a giant penis on any of the Jenga bro? Yeah, various uh, giant oh, penises, okay. yeah. I only saw what, none of them were me. No, but I... But I know who the perpetrator of one of them was. Well, I know that one of them was on... It was uh, Kevin. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that one of them was my best man because it was also on his blog. Yes, it was It was John. Yeah, yeah and one of them came from uh, Layla and Kim Bobs because they'd also written their names. And they'd drawn wings on theirs. Ah, flying penis. Well, that could be the other thing on our poster. We'll see you on Wednesday for some Raw and Smackdown go-home show reviewing fun. I'm going to go blow my nose. I love you. Bye.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.